It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Probing the Bigfoot Sasquatch mystery coast to coast and continent to continent. It's the Bigfoot Field Guide radio show presented by the Mid-America Bigfoot Research Center. Over the next hour, we'll discuss sightings, behavioral characteristics, useful equipment, and all that is Bigfoot. Pull up a chair and join the conversation. The Bigfoot Field Guide radio show is on the air. Welcome, folks, to a special pre-recorded episode of the Bigfoot Field Guide Radio Show. Tonight we have an interview that Randy Driver Operator Harrington conducted with a witness in Missouri about her family's long history with Bigfoot in their area. So sit back and enjoy listening to her recant the encounters and activity experienced by several generations of her family. You didn't see the house the other night. No. Well, I mean, other than just walking through in yeah. the evening. We had a big dance out here. They had the lights and they had the music and the dance. And then there was tents all over, you know, and we had a big campfire. About how many people were out here? Uh, let's see. We had about 18 teenagers and uh, six chaperones. <laughs> wow. And Susie brought her uh, projector out and we had a movie on the, pa- on the deck. So they all set up and had a, I had one of those screens. And so it was a church group? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all the teenagers. Grandchildren. That, well, I'd always do that too, but uh, this was a, most of them were my kids. <laughs> we can handle a group. See my stainless steel Well, thing? that's a big one. Yeah. We can have the whole church out here. That storm kind of messed up everything. You know what? Couldn't have picked a cooler day out of all the days we've oh, had. It was beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Today's going to be nice and cool. It's going to be a great day for a hike. <laughs> well, right out here, right between those trees, my property line is this line right here. And there used to be a big strawberry farm there. And right straight through, there was no trees here. This was all, this has been... How many? 25 years ago. Uh, you could see all the way to the road, and it was springtime. And uh, there was a strawberry uh, metal building. And we had this um, tetherball right out here. And every morning, the kids would get up, and they'd accuse each other of knocking the tetherball down. <laughs> so I think it was a young one. Anyway, the tetherball kept getting knocked down. So James was getting ready for church, and uh, he was right by this big window, and he yelled, Dad, come here quick, come here quick. And Bigfoot, he came around the building, and uh, he had, James said he had his hand on the top of the building, so he's pretty tall. 
and there was no trees here from twin and then the tree line there was a field you know strawberries so um, the neat thing of it is you always want to say he's an animal but James said that he he came around and he turned and the dog was running at him and he turned and he looked at the dog and then he turned and ran into the trees which was how far away from the trees uh, well this tree line right here and there was probably that much you know our our field there was no trees here but this tree line right here that goes all the way around the property follows the creek follows the creek all the way around and so he ran into that but so right here james had a total open clear, look at him clear view. yeah open look at him so it looked at the dog he turned and he looked at the dog and the dog was probably at the end of our property he didn't go all the way and he was a big dog, and he was barking, and the, and the creature turned and looked at the dog, and then he just went, went into the tree. And he ran. He didn't really run, James said. He just kind of like this. Kind of low. And, and, and no. Uh-uh. Just walked. James said he ran like this, like a man. And he said his hair flopped here, and he had hair down here. Wow. Well, yeah, that was one of the, I put down some questions that I wanted to ask you, and what kind of dog was it? Uh, Ferocious was kind of a lab German Shepherd mix, uh, about like this. So, did the dog ever give you any indication when the animal was around? Oh, yeah, a dog would bark at night, but never really, you know. Always stayed close to the house? Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, did you ever have any dogs before and after that ended up getting killed? Right? Oh, no, no. This creature is not uh, vicious. Right, right. Now, uh, Randy, all the studying I have done, even when they did that stupid film on him and portrayed him as vicious, they even came out and said that part was a hoax. Right, right. Well, I mean, there, there has been instances where people have, uh, have witnessed them kill one of their dogs because the dogs were well, was either too aggressive yeah, or yeah. gave away their location or those kind of things. Well, they're, no, they're very secretive. They're very secretive. The dog would kept running down and giving away their location and they're yeah. wanting to stay hidden. No, he turned and looked at the dog and just went on. What didn't even phase him on the dog. When Gene Oliver is a backwoodsman, he, he grew up in Arkansas, he's a hunter. And so when James, he was James's best friend, but he was about 10 years older than James because uh, Gene always took him fishing and hunt, hunting and everything. So uh, Gene was probably around 25 to 30 years old. And, but he came out and the footprints were 21 inches. Now these out here were like 18. Now we've seen two full, really clear footprints. So Gene Oliver, uh, he wanted to there. hunt the, hunt him, and Ralph wouldn't let him lay him on the property. He said, wow. "No, you're not. You're not going to wow. go out there with a gun." That's amazing. Some people want to do that. Yeah. Well, Gene just wanted to go hunt, you know, and Ralph said no. So that brings us up to Ralph. We never discussed Ralph much uh, last yeah. time I was here. And what what was Ralph's take on the whole situation and, and, and his views about it? Ralph just admits that, that that he is a creature. Because wow. when the that, that winter, uh, there were footprints that went from all the way across our front. He had to have come up from back there. And but it's interesting that the footprints was right across our front here. 
and he went all the way out, stepped over Dad's fence, and went up into the trees on the hill. So, and, 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 and the fence were big. And lollygagged a little while in front of your window. You know, when Diane Brown's husband, see that field? Uh-huh. A lot of times, he loved to hunt arrows. And uh, when it rains in a field, sometimes it washes them. So he was out there looking, and he came down, and right here, right in, about where your truck is, on the other side, there was two of the most perfect footprints, and just looking in that window. <laughs> but when you've got a fishbowl full of human beings, why right. not look? <laughs> he, he was just sighted several times. The odor always came from back that way, but sometimes at night when the dogs would bark, uh, Ralph and I would walk out, and you could smell like sulfur or rotten eggs. Just had a, a, a pungent smell. So, uh, what's weird, you know, we're talking 30 years ago, I was a child yeah. in the Worldwide Church of God, yeah. and uh, best friends with Brian George, and then little did I know that Christy George had seen one in the late 60s mm-hmm. in Idaho, uh, and, and of course yeah. you guys had a discussion about it. Amber Bertolini came over here and said she set up late one night, sat at the <laughs> kitchen table talking about it. Yeah. Uh, what, uh-huh. As you know... Let's go in and sit down Yeah. Well, I mean, as you know, my sighting is certainly much, much more recent. Now, this patio was not classy. This was our door, and this was the patio, and this was just ground back here. Tony and my son Bruce was about two, two and a half years old. Just enough to talk. Not really talk. <laughs> and they came around here, and again, this tree line right here. Yeah. Again, that tree line. And they come running around the house, into the house, Bobby Bricker, and Ralph was sitting in there talking, and they just was just beside the cookie monster, cookie monster. And Tony was just stuttering, you know. And uh, so Ralph and Bobby came out and looked. They heard a crack in the trees, but that was all they heard. And that was when I went to the library, because Sorry, I no. was a little concerned whether the kids would get taken, hurt, or whatever. So their only description was the, as, a, as a cookie monster. <laughs> Which describes him beautifully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Henry so, and the Hennessons. <laughs> so, uh, do you recall the conversation with Amber? What What was her take? You know, I really don't. Uh, now, one I do, um, O.C. Prather's daughter lived in Canada. And she came out, we was talking to her about it, and she said, up in Canada, the Indians know they exist. And she said that the Indians that they were very friendly with, he always went fishing, but he had built this thing. And when he went fishing, he always left some fish up there for uh, Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Yeah. Sasquatch. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they've been known so to take strangers full of fish. Seen him. Yeah. And then uh, Janine Binger and Glenn, he was a state representative, and she was telling him about it. And by then, you, you get tired of being, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah. And so she was laughing and telling about it, you know. And he gets up and he says, Aunt Janine, he said, where does this lady live? 
And so he came down, he knocked on my door, and he said, Lady, are you the one that's seen Bigfoot? And I said, why do you want to know? You know, by then you quit being excited about it. You just, you know. And he said, Lady, he says, I just want to know somebody else that's seen it so that I know I'm not crazy, <laughs> you know. But he said that he had been up north of the river, and he was hunting, and he was up in the tree. And he said one walked right underneath the tree. And he said, I literally tried to quit breathing. <laughs> so. That is a beautiful description of, of our behavior when we come in close contact well, yeah. with them. That's the way I was in my truck, just, yeah. <laughs> don't come up here, don't come up here. I mean, yeah. it's amazing that you would be so petrified when yeah. really you're just in awe. Yeah. You know, I used to come out here, we had a little fence, you know, railing across here, and I'd say, Bigfoot, do you want some homemade bread? You, you know, I'd say, I won't hurt you, you know. And I would try to talk to him, which is silly. No, it's yeah, not. Yeah, it's silly. But I thought, well, if he's around here, you know, maybe on human beings, you know. And I, I would, at, late at night, I would come out on the porch and I would talk back toward the trees. But I did, uh, this was just concrete here, and this here was open doors. And I had baked all that day. And I came home, and what did I tell you? There was three loaves missing. Out of 10 or 12? Yeah, because I baked three times a week, and I had 12 kids. <laughs> so would you go to the store to get some ingredients or something? I, I left for some reason or another. I don't remember. And I left it on the table, you know, just to cool. And uh, took off, never thinking anything about it. I, I never locked my doors. Right. I, just, I grew up in Kansas City in the 40s and 50s. Never locked my doors. And I resent it, you know, even to this day. I, now that I'm alone, I do lock, yeah. lock my doors. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so when you came back, all you noticed was the bread was gone, nothing else. You didn't yeah, notice I just a door, a jar, kids, or anything? The kids had come in or something, but they were, they said they never touched it. Wow. So, but that, I don't know for sure. So the, the Gene Oliver, was he the guy that did the compression test to find out the weight of the animal? Uh, no, no, when I went to the library, uh, in the library there was this newspaper article, and it was called Sasquatch Incorporated, and the guy lived over, I think, in Grandview, and I called him, and I said, you know, we've had sightings out here, and I really wanted to know, I said, do you think he's vicious? And then he came, oh, he made a point to come right out, and he said never had he heard of him being vicious. And the last sighting he had seen was down in uh, Napoleon. But like you, he's never had an encounter. Well, now you have, but uh, uh, he'd never gotten close enough to have an encounter. But he did take uh, the footprints. I showed him the footprints. So he actually made a cast of the footprints? He said he had so many casts that he didn't need them. Okay. And what was his name? I don't know. Okay, but it was Sasquatch Incorporated. And you'll find probably the article in the in the library. Wow, wow. So he, he determined by doing a soil compression test that the animal weighed six to 700 pounds with a 21-inch No, footprint. no, he, he didn't do any of that. I, okay. I, I'm, okay. I don't know if he said that. No, he didn't do that. Okay. All he said, he's seen the 21-inch and the 17 or 18-inch footprints. Okay. But uh, he did spend the night out here and with his sound equipment. Interesting. Did he, did he report anything? No, he never. Okay, well, another one of the questions that I wanted to touch base on, and that is when James 
drew a picture and you guys took it in to talk to the minister about it. How did you approach the subject with your minister? Uh, we didn't. Now, I went to Pasadena and I took the picture with me. And uh, Dr. Hay, who had always been an historian, and I thought he'd be interested in it, but he didn't even want to see it. So, uh, I don't know what happened to the picture, whether I left it out there or what. I just, through the years, I don't know what's happened to the picture. Yeah. And you but know, he, he was trim. Um, James Drew, I mean, he was not a scary-looking creature. In the book that you find at the library, uh, the one guy said he had a telescope on his gun, and he drew down to shoot, and he said he broke out in a cold sweat because he felt like it was human, that he almost shot a man. Yeah. Now, there's different, you know, I've seen pictures of, James said he didn't look, he, he just looked like a hairy creature. He had hair all over him. And, but, now that's interesting if it flopped here yeah. when he ran. And, and you know. Well, I've, I've read a report where somebody was on a stopped train up in Canada. They had uh -huh. stopped for technical reasons. Yeah. And they watched a Bigfoot creeping through the woods. And it was, <laughs> he was hopping through the snow looking at the train and they saw the hair flay out on the snow when it would hit the snow the hair that was on its legs laying down would open up like bell bottoms <laughs> the snow so it's interesting all of these what these people points. pick up yeah, as, as far as descriptions yeah. uh, okay so uh, the, the taking of food the tether ball was probably the very first thing that uh, came to y'all's attention that something was around here the dog reaction okay uh can you retell me the story of, of your son's friend and the tent incident? Oh, well, the kids always camped out back here. And uh, the boys were around the campfire. And sometime during the night, Randy Mason, and I was just telling him about that the other day. Uh, he works up here at Sears, but he didn't see anything or even think, you know, well, they joked about it then. But he really was. They, well, I told him, I said, are you serious, boys? Are you not just, none of you joking around? Because he was taken quite a ways. I mean, not a long way, but he was dragged in his sleeping bag. And they found him a ways from the campsite. Did, uh, did, he scram did, did he make a big ruckus and scramble out of his sleeping bag to get back into camp? Or? I don't know. I don't think so. I think he just woke up there. <laughs> also, it might have drug him slow. So oh, yeah, I don't up. think he woke up. He, he just, he, just woke he, up he doesn't morning. know how he was drugged. Okay. No, okay. He, was, he was just away from the campsite. And there's only three guys, right? I forget how many of the boys was back there camping out. There might have been three to five. I don't mm. know. And they're all 14 to 16-year-olds? No, they were like 10, 12, 13. Okay. So fairly this is Lance and Britt's age, not James's age. Okay. You forget I have 12 of them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a, what a great, great story. Uh, and that same spring, I, if you, the Independence on the radio, this lady said she's seen him out in her yard. And then that very same spring, down at the Lake of the Ozarks, he was sighted. And Independence is what, five miles from here or less? Yeah, oh my, yeah, it's just right over here. Okay. Right over here. Great. Well, there was something else I wanted to ask you about. 
Oh yeah, uh, one of your daughter's boyfriends had the sighting at the bridge. Oh, my daughter's husband. Oh, it's husband. husband. Yeah, down the bridge. Were they just dating at the time? And no, Skip. They were. They lived up here on Crenshaw, and Skip was driving home, and he seen it. Have you seen this bridge down here? Have not. Okay, there's a huge bridge down here, and he seen him come up from around the bridge. Well, well, when I was here. Skip said he thought he'd been drinking too much. Well, when I was here uh, a month ago. <laughs> They're saying that he stopped to throw out some empty beer cans out of the... Yeah, I think that's what it was. Before <laughs> he got home. <laughs> and, the, and the creature came up from under the bridge and stood yeah. up on the bank side and up past the railing and looked at him. Yeah, yeah, that, that skipped it, that, yeah. Wow. Well, what I'm going to do is I am going to walk... It's about an eighth of a mile isn't it, uh, to the road to the bridge. Oh, I'm just going to I'm just going to put on my hip waiter boots and I'm just going to walk down to the bridge and I'm just going to go down to the creek. I'm just going to follow the creek as long as I'm comfortable and, and, and then I'll come back. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take my camera. I'm just going to look. Okay. Uh, well, they put a new bridge in since then. Well, what's great about the travel routes, travel routes never change. They Down in creek banks, they can stay hidden. They can move. So if they use creek... And you'll see it follows us. Yeah, it'll follow it right around here. So even when they put new bridges and stuff in, actually the way well, since, the creek hasn't changed. Since it's rained, you know, the last couple yeah. of days, it's going to be nice and muddy, perfect for tracks. I mean, I, it's going to be he, muddy. He hasn't yeah. been sighted for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think they migrate through. Huh? Well, they. This may be true. This may be true. But uh, I spoke to some guys that were clearing some gas lines on my property. Uh, I've got 25, 22 acres, and uh, I just asked them. I, you know, I don't, I don't shy away from the fact that I've seen these creatures, yeah. and I talk to them about, talk to people about it, yeah. especially guys that work in the woods. And one of the guys there, I said, "Have you seen any strange animals, you know, working in the woods?" Mm -hmm. And he said, "What do you mean, like black panthers or something?" And I said, "No." I said, "To be perfectly honest, I'm gonna say Bigfoot." I, saw, I said, "I've seen Bigfoot yeah. in 2006," and he, a couple of the guys, kind of chuckled, and, and he, he, looked, I saw him look off into the sky for a minute, and he said. He said, it's funny that you say that. He said, I was working in McLeod last year, and he said, I was manning a hole. We were clearing a brush line in some thick, thick woods. And he said, the way we man a hole is we dig these trenches, and we just leave a truck there all night to keep cattle and, cattle and stuff from falling in these holes. Yeah. And he said, so I'm sitting there in my truck, and uh, he said, around 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm dozing, sitting there in the truck. And he said, around 2 o'clock in the morning, I happened to look in my rearview mirror, and he said, there was somebody standing behind my vehicle, that behind, you know, about 100 yards behind the vehicle. And he says, so I tap my brakes so they know that somebody's in the vehicle. Yeah. And he says, they immediately skirted off to the left into the woods. I said, and he said, the woods were thicker than this here, as he pointed to my woods. Right. And I said, 2 o'clock in the morning, middle of the night, you, you catch a glimpse of somebody prying around, and they run off into the woods. I said, did they have a flashlight? He said, no. <laughs> I said, do you think it was a person? I mean, so I, I'm yeah. telling you, they yeah. may be very rare, but yeah. they're around. They yeah. are around. And, and they're very inquisitive. They're very curious. Yeah. And, if, and creeks and, and river bottoms, especially the, the woods along rivers that never yeah. get touched for years, are yeah. perfect travel routes. So great places for someone like me to just well, walk. See, this, this area over here has been built up. But along the creek bed, you know, and then on the hill, you know, Crenshaw Road. But this is pretty much still like it was years ago. Did you hear the uh, WDAF Channel 4 news report from two weeks ago mm -hmm. from Lee Summit? I followed this creek on Google Map, and it goes right to this farm. There's a goat farm where something's been killing their goats, and they don't know what it is. They've been killing them at night silently, ripping them in half. 
and uh, they've got game officials out there with game cameras trying to figure out what it is, and it's yeah. only five miles from here, following this creek. Yeah. So you know what it sounds like to me? An older Bigfoot who can't catch a deer anymore. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, they had a cow that was done that way. Where like a leg is ripped time. off and yeah. things like that. that. At that time, too. So uh, Susie was telling me that one time they were, her and her brothers were riding a bike and they heard a scream and the brothers just took off and she was pedaling as fast as she could. Yeah, the guy from uh, Sasquatch Incorporated said they had, they had kind of a high scream like a woman, you know, like yeah. a uh, cat or, you know, a high, kind of a high-pitched scream. Yeah, and uh, then I thought maybe she said uh, the next day was when they found the dead cow over there at your neighbor's. Yeah, it was. That's what it was, yeah. That's, I remember that now. I had forgotten that. And that was up on uh, Henderson's property, where all those houses are now. Okay. Well, the thing is, uh, just when, in, on Memorial Weekend, which was last weekend, I went down to uh, Oklahoma in the area that I've been researching for seven years. Uh, got, got one on film down there and had the walkie-talkie returned to us under a pile of rocks. So what, this last time I went there, I set a tent up between the two rock piles in October that, that returned the two gifts back to us. Yeah. So in the woods, I put a tent up around 8, 9 o'clock, and I put a recorder in the floor of the tent and zipped it all up and then left it. Uh-huh. I checked the recorder the next day, and about 33 minutes after I left, you hear footsteps, you hear rocks pinging the tent. And all right. kinds of things. So we know they're around, and we know they're, and they just, they come around and see what's going on. Yeah. They don't hang around for very long, uh, but that's just their nature. And uh, I'm, I'm still excited about it, and I thank you so much for, for, for opening up everything that has happened out here. I, I, I enjoy it so much, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to walking that creek. Uh, even if nothing happens, it's well, I may not be here. That's okay. That's good. I, I brought, just leave your truck there. Yeah, I, I brought an extra pair of clothes, and if I get sweaty and stuff, I'll, I'll just change right there at my truck and then head on out okay. when I'm done. there's no houses around. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Uh, fantastic, fantastic. And I will certainly let you know if I find something. Okay. If I find something, I know you'll want to know. But I got my camera. I'll, you know, I'll take pictures. Can I offer air hides, too? This was a settled area of the Indians. Okay. Diane Brown's husband found several Indian, you know, figures. Wow. wow. Okay. Well, if I if I finish the creek early enough, I, I may walk the edge of some of these fields just to look for any prints that, you know, any stray prints that you never know. You yeah. never know. Well, this field here's just been plowed, so just yeah. kind of step across those trees and kind of look, you know, if you want okay. to. Right. My property is just an acre wide and six acres deep. Okay, and it started out a hundred acres. Ralph's dad has fifty acres on this side and fifty on the other. So he, he, right now? No. Okay, so that's no, uh, originally. Dad's, dad's uh, passed on, and, and that property there has all been sold. Okay, so originally it was just a hundred acres, uh, all surrounded with farmland and woods. Yeah. Nice little oasis. Yeah, Dad's property went from Pink Hill Road over there to fifty acres on this side. Mm. Well, that is quite a ways. Cause I've well, the Scarboroughs have been here since the 1800s. Great-grandpa William came here with two little boys, George and Harrison. Up on the hill is a beautiful 18th century home, one of those big two-story yeah. 18th century homes. And uh, my Dad was born there, and Ralph was born there, and 
So, old family in Blue Springs. Well, all right, well, well I have can't wait to do this. <laughs>